What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Danielle Van Persum. Did I say it right? Yes. Persum. <laughs> On um, today's episode, I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. We realized that we actually live fairly close to each other, which is really cool. But Danielle, I'm just going to toss it at you, start wherever you'd like with your story. Thank you, Shelly, and thank you for having me on the podcast today. I'm excited to be here. Um, So with my story, back to where it all began, I met my husband in 2008 in college in South Dakota. Um, We were both on the track and field team, and we dated for about five years before we got married in July of 2013. So when we got married, I was 23 and he was 24. And we personally decided that um, we wanted to wait several months before adding kiddos into the mix. And so when we started trying, I had this idea that getting pregnant would happen right away for us. You know, it would be easy for us. And um, well, it didn't quite end up working that way. We tried for about a year and I still wasn't pregnant. So we had a discussion about like, you know, maybe we should talk or schedule an appointment with a fertility specialist. So the week I got on this called to get on the schedule to see a specialist, I found out I was pregnant. And so it's like, all right, all right, here we go. I'm, I'm pregnant. We don't need to go to this appointment. Um, and we were just so excited, you know, to start our journey as parents. Um, so a few weeks later, my husband traveled a lot for work at the time and he was out of town on business and I started spotting and I just, I didn't really know what to expect. And I started Googling and all that and was in shock. And so I called my doctor and she said to monitor it, but later that evening it started to really pick up. Um, and so when I called the doctor back, they said to go to, you know, urgent, urgent care and get checked out right away. Um, so with my husband being out of town, I called my mother-in-law, um, who lives in town and she took me to the hospital. And when I got to the hospital, they did like routine, you know, drawing labs, checked my ACG and said they would do an ultrasound just to check in on baby and see how baby was doing. And since I was about six weeks at this time, they did say that they weren't sure how much they would see at this point. Um, And well, there was baby, and baby had about a heart rate of 88, and they said at that time, they would like to see closer to 90, but nothing too concerning um, at this stage of pregnancy. But when they had a more detailed look into the ultrasound too, they noticed that I had a hematoma, um, so bleeding basically um, near baby. And that's why I had the bleeding and the bleeding was picking up. And so they said, you know, to go home, get some rest, follow up with my doctor the next day. 
So I did, and things slowed down to spotting the next morning. So when I called my doctor, she said that at this point, because things had slowed down, um, that I needed pelvic rest and just to not like overdo it, you know, don't go for a run, try to not get busy with the husband, all of that. So um, my husband was back in town at this point which was great because he was a huge help making sure that, you know, I was on my feet too often and I was taking the rest I needed. And then a few days went by and my bleeding picked up again. So my doctor had me come back in for another ultrasound and um, baby again had a heart rate, but it was still in the low range. And they also noticed that the baby's growth had slowed down and this was to a point where they changed my baby's due date back. And I just, I just knew in the pit of my stomach that something was not right. Like, you know, usually they push the due dates ahead or stay the same, but to move it back after the baby was already measuring a certain point, I just, I was very, you know, um, anxious at this point. And so this was, you know, just stressful at the time because we also found out in that ultrasound that my hematoma got larger and that at this point it was kind of a wait and see approach. And so this was just, this appointment was on a Friday and so this wait and see over the weekend, it was just a really unnerving, anxious time. Um, and there was really nothing I could do at this point. So then Sunday night, it got worse. And then the next morning I went in on Monday and they told me that baby no longer had a heart heartbeat. Um, and then the next day I miscarried naturally. Um, and it was just, you know, you have those highs and lows, you find out you're pregnant. And then a few weeks later you miscarry. And so my husband and I were, were devastated and we were like, what is going on? Like, it took us a year to get pregnant and now our baby's gone. Like, what do we do? You know, where do we go from here? Um, and everybody grieves in a, di in a different way. And for us, like we wanted to get pregnant just because it also took us a year. Um, the first time we wanted to get pregnant as soon as we were given the green light, you know, by our doctor. So our doctor said, you know, we could try after I had one normal cycle and because, like I said, it took us a while to get pregnant the first time, um, when I got that normal cycle, my husband and I, we went for it and we got pregnant right away. And when that happened, I had all these emotions, you know, guilt and fear. Um, I was still grieving my baby that I lost. And here I was, you know, I was pregnant with a different baby. And because I had a previous miscarriage, um, my doctor put me on progesterone right away. Um, and we also found out during some tests that I had low progesterone too in that pregnancy. So I was put on progesterone. Um, and then weeks went, went by and things seemed good. And then when I um, hit about seven weeks, I just asked my OB like, can I have an ultrasound just to check in on baby? Cause this was around the time where, you know, things really went, this was when I, I lost my first pregnancy. Um, and I just want to make sure, like, even though I didn't have any bleeding or spotting, I wanted to make sure for peace of mind, like there was no hematoma and that baby looked great. 
And at my seven week ultrasound, baby had perfect heart rate. Um, the baby was measuring a day ahead, so I felt good about this pregnancy. And um, my husband and I, you know, we left the appointment just feeling so happy and just very, very relieved. <clears throat> and then a few weeks later, I was at work one afternoon and I had this strange pelvic pain that I haven't felt before. And I'm in marketing, so I'm at like a desk job and I'm not like overdoing it. So it wasn't brought on by like any heavy lifting or anything crazy like that. But something seemed really off. Like the last few days, I felt less pregnant, even though I was about nine and a half weeks. So something just didn't seem right. So I called my doctor and she, you know, scheduled me for, you know, the next morning for an appointment just for a peace of mind. And when I went in, they decided like, we'll just try and find baby on um, a heart rate Doppler and not an ultrasound because I wasn't bleeding and I really didn't have any symptoms besides, you know, the pelvic, pelvic um, pain. And then, you know, mom's intuition, like something just felt really, really off and not right. Um, so they couldn't find the heartbeat and they said, well, this is still really early for Doppler. Um, so like, don't panic at all, but we'll go ahead and get you over to ultrasound and just check in just to see what's going on. Um, so they sent me to ultrasound to be safe and that's when, yeah, you get those dreaded words of, um, you know, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And we found out that the baby stopped growing at eight and a half weeks. And I just felt like I was hit by a train, like, this is happening again, like, what, you know, like, why is this happening again? Um, I, you know, of course, called my husband hysterically, and he couldn't believe it either that we were going through this again. And um, honestly, at this point, we didn't, we didn't know where to go from there. Like, do we keep trying naturally? Like, do we explore IVF? Do we adopt and expand our baby in other ways? Like we just, we didn't know what to do. Um, and then at my follow-up appointment with my doctor, she explained more that I had a missed miscarriage. So since we stopped growing a week prior in my body, um, it just wasn't responding to the loss. They said I could have a DNC or I could wait a few days and see if my body would, you know, do it again naturally. And my husband and I talked about both options. And so we decided to wait a few days and you know if this would happen naturally again for us. And then three days passed and on day three, so this was right when I was ready to, you know, call my doctor and see next steps. Um, but I had a lot, a lot, a lot of cramping. And I knew what my body was doing since it basically just went through, you know, this process a few months prior. So, you know, lots, lots of tears um, during the entire process. And I just, I felt like my body failed me, you know, that this is happening again. Like, was I ever going to carry the term? Um, you know, I, I just didn't know. And then two days after I um, miscarried, I went to the doctor because they wanted to make sure, you know, that um, everything was clear on the ultrasound. 
and it was just it was just too much too much to handle um and after that appointment my husband and i we just decided that we needed a fresh start you know something has to change because we can't keep going through this heartbreak and so um we switched to a different doctor and different different clinic and we switched over to a mfm doctor since i just had you know two back-to-back -back miscarriages i was young and we just wanted to get to the root cause and, and see what was going on um and then at this point i knew if we were going to try again like i said things just had to be different so I started researching first like natural ways to prepare because when we looked at IVF, it was like, whoa, this is gonna take us a long time to save money to start with, you know, this testing and process and all of that. So so I definitely wanted to research, you know, step one, like what can I do um, if there are you know natural methods and go from this uh, acupuncture. I found an acupuncturist, you know, really close um, to where I lived that specialized in fertility and she had, and so I started weekly treatments because um, through this whole process, like my stress and anxiety was through the roof. And I also read that it just helps lower stress and anxiety too. And oh man, I really enjoyed um, my acupuncture treatments because I felt, I just felt so calm and by nature, I'm just a very like outgoing, high energy, kind of naturally anxious person. So it was great to just feel super calm and relaxed about everything. And a few months um, after I started going to acupuncture, I received the go ahead from my MFM because um, we had an appointment with him as well and uh he said i could start trying again and we got pregnant the first cycle out and things just felt way different this time um i just i had an overwhelming amount of peace that i didn't have in my other pregnancies um and then i continued my acupuncture through the first trimester as well and I also had crazy morning sickness and I didn't have any morning sickness with my first two either. And I had that until about 20 weeks um, pregnant. And then when we got to see our 20 week ultrasound, we found out we were having a healthy baby girl. And overall I had a normal, healthy, fantastic pregnancy. Um, and then when I was 37 and a half weeks pregnant, I found out that I had this condition. Um, it's called coleostasis in pregnancy. So basically, you you itch like crazy, and what it does is it um, it has to do with your bile acids, and it becomes a toxic environment for baby. So they recommend to be induced by 37 weeks, but I didn't mention the itching until my 37 week appointment. And the labs take a while to get back. So it took four days to get the labs back. And then at 37 and a half weeks, that's when they called me and said, like, um, you have this condition and we want you to get to the hospital right away because you're being induced and we want to increase the risk of stillbirth. And when they said the S word, um, I, I, of course, went into like high panic mode, called my husband, told him to get to the hospital. Um, but then, you know, they started induction, and then after 26 hours of labor, which turned into a C-section, um, 
my sweet, beautiful, healthy Lillian Rain Van Person was born. And um, we decided that her middle name was going to be Rain, just to like honor, you know, like our little rainbow babies. Um, and Rain short for rainbow, so it was to honor her little her siblings. And um, when Lillian was a year, we wanted to add another little baby. And we got pregnant right away. So when Lillian was 21 months old, um, we welcomed her baby sister, Gemma. And with Gemma, again, like healthy, really, really easy pregnancy. Um, and then I got itching around like, again, when I was like 35 weeks or so, I started um, itching and there's a high probability, like when you have cholestasis once, there's a high probability of getting it again. So um, they, we all decided to induce. Um, so at 36 weeks and six days, Gemma was born. Um, and yeah, she's, I have two healthy, beautiful girls. Um, they're now ages four and two and a half. Um, but just overall with, with everything too, um, when Gemma was about a year, um, I, I knew something was wrong because after I was done breastfeeding her, I breastfed her for about a year. And, um, when I stopped breastfeeding, I was getting my cycles every two weeks, like week and a half to every two weeks. And I knew something was off. So I went to you know, check in with my doctor and we found out that I had a really, really thin uterine lining. And um, they basically told me that because my uterine lining was so thin that it would be much more difficult to um, try for another baby. And it was something like my husband and I were discussing, you know, do we add another little baby into our family and what do we want to do? And, and we knew we did want to try and pursue this. And um, at the time we just, they told us this diagnosis, but I didn't realize how like difficult it would be, you know, at the time and what that meant exactly. Um, and then it, a day before Christmas, 2019, um, I found out I was pregnant and, you know, so excited, like, okay, yay, this is great. I was pregnant. They said it'd be harder to get pregnant, but here I am. I'm pregnant. This is wonderful. Um, but then a few days later, um, on January 4th, I, I miscarried and had a very early miscarriage, like right before, right at five weeks. And, um, when I met with my doctor, about this too she said that because i there were still effects of a thin uterine lining that baby had a really hard time implanting and um you know i wasn't able to sustain that pregnancy and so i just felt like you know i got hit by a bus and i didn't know again the next steps to do um and i just thought for some reason i had this huge misconception that I thought the emotional pain of um, losing my baby, I, I thought, oh, it wouldn't be as, as bad. I have these, you know, two beautiful girls 
And I thought that somehow that would soften, you know, the, the sting of my loss. But it didn't. I mean, it hurt just as bad as, you know, when we were trying to build our family early on in our marriage, too. <clears throat> so when I went to a couple follow-up appointments with my doctor, she ran some tests and found out that I had really low progesterone. And I knew with, you know, previous pregnancies, I had low progesterone. I've always been on progesterone suppositories. Um, but this time, because I was so low, she wanted me to be on progesterone the last half of my cycle when I was trying to conceive. So I was put on, I was put on that. I also started up again, um, some acupuncture treatments just to get my body ready. Um, was taking some herbal supplements. I was recommended along with some vitamin supplements that my doctor said would help thicken my uterine lining just again to like prep my body and be ready um, for another pregnancy. And then after a few months of doing this, um, I got pregnant. And I am happy to say that I'm 20 weeks pregnant with a baby boy. And he's due the end of this year. So it's crazy because he's due, he's due around the same time that um, I lost my first pregnant or I lost this last pregnancy. So it's just, it's crazy. Um, just the timing of everything. And when you go through a loss too, you just, you realize to really be in the moment. So now that he's at the stage where I can feel him kicking, I'm enjoying, you know, every kick. And then my girls love to come up to my tummy and, you know, give kisses to baby brother. And yeah, I'm just enjoying every moment. And um, yeah, that, that that is my journey. Yay, 20 weeks. That's Thank awesome. <laughs> How do you feel about a baby boy? You know, we were shocked because <laughs> just because we had two girls and we know yeah. um, a couple families that have like three or four girls, we thought like we just made baby girls. And, you know, we just with our experience too, like we just wanted a healthy, you know, baby. Mm -hmm. So sex wasn't a big issue of, is it going to be a boy or a girl? But we were, we were shocked and thrilled. And my oldest was so confident. She's like, well, I've been praying for a little brother. So I knew. That's adorable. So now she's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so cute I swear though like kids have this crazy intuition they, they just do. know yeah they do like she was so confident where we even sat down with her we were like it's you know it could be a girl we're gonna love the girl <laughs> the Prepping same her. as we would love a baby brother and that's okay <laughs> Oh, too cute. Um, okay, so I always ask at the end of every mm -hmm. episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Yeah, so my one piece of advice would just be give yourself grace. Yes, give yourself grace because we all grieve differently within our own time. And even for me, like some days, my first loss seems like it just happened and seems very fresh still and that was that was five years ago so so for me um like honoring your sweet angel baby um that helps a lot in the journey so if that's something like writing your baby a letter or 
you know, keeping the ultrasound pictures in a special place um, or thinking of them on their due dates. And for me too, like doing this podcast, like doing something like talking about them and honoring them in that way, um, that's really helped me heal. Absolutely. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Yes. So on Instagram, my handle is Danny Raylene. That's D-A-N-I-R-A-E-L-E-N-E on Instagram. So yeah, DM me, ask me any questions. I'm, I'm pretty open, transparent overall. So yeah, definitely reach out. Perfect. And I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode as well. So it's easy to find. Thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate you and congratulations. Thank you. And thanks Shelly for all you do for your listeners. We really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't do it without you girls. So um, you guys are just awesome. Thank you. All right. Keep us posted. We'll talk soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.